Welcome to Artside In, an interview series with First Windows and Doors. I'm Alice Lyons, editor of Homestyle magazine, and today I'm going to be speaking with Wellington architects Cecile Bonifay and William Geeson. We're here to find out more about a recent project of theirs in Paikokariki. What started out as a brief for a batch became a design for one and then two dwellings built to suit the owner's needs both now and in the future. Great to have you along to share your work with us, Cecile and William. Tell us how this project started. So that that was not exactly a batch. That was people living in Wellington, wanted to retire but not quite yet, so that was giving them a holiday house, waiting to be their main uh, house. Um, so that started like that. That's right, yeah. yeah. They, David's a doctor, so their intention is to move out to Paikokariki, but in the meantime... Obviously, yeah, it is a holiday house and a studio for them. Um, so that was really their brief from the beginning, yeah, to provide something that they would they would live in eventually. You know, for example, it's got underfloor heating in the concrete and that sort of level of technology. So it's not traditionally something you might put in a batch. Yeah, Mind sure. You, the concept of a batch has very much changed now. It's, yeah, it's yeah, but stretched. <laughs> it's a wide gamut of... <laughs> yeah. So Pai Kokoriki, why Pai Kokoriki is an area for your clients? They're obviously, it's a, pretty handy to Wellington, um, so they could you know come out whenever they wanted easily without too much trouble. And obviously, they saw, saw it as a, an attractive place to retire. Um, but yeah, they'd brought this site, which was effectively the driveway of a of a site behind. So it was a pretty unusual in Pai Kokoriki these days to have a clear, empty site. Yeah, um, sure. And, you know, they were quite driven to, to do something new. And I think David particularly was, you know, excited by the the idea of designing a house. Mm. Um, you could say that Pipa being a writer, um, the, the the crowd in Paikakeriki is very much... Um, lots of creative people. Lots of creative, creative writers yeah. and, and, and musicians. And so for somebody writing, it might quite a lot of sense to be there mm. yeah nice and their kids also are getting in that age I think their kids are now sort of you know early 20s and starting to have children so you know it's mm-hmm. great for extended family to be able to use the you know the, the house and the studio and um, they are sort of all based around the Wellington area as well as far as I know yes, yeah. yes, yes they they're, are. they're mm. out there but anyway so we see them out there sometimes yeah so the general premise was basically the couple, a couple who wanted to sort of create a place for now and in the future that they could use with their, with and without their children. With and without, and also um, noting that Pippa wanted to keep working. I mean, she's, she's not going to stop writing, she's just writing. So yeah, sure. she needed something um, quite secluded enough um, mm-hmm. because she likes seclusion to write. Um, and that little studio was the idea behind that, that she would um, write from there and eventually leave the studio for the kids when they would come in the week- on the weekend. But it didn't quite turn like that, which is right. um, to, <laughs> yeah. to our pleasure. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think even in the beginning there is the idea that David's mother could even live there over time as well. And yeah, I'm sure. Not, whether that eventuates mm. or not, I'm not sure. But certainly the studio, you know, it is built under the the council rules that we have in Kapiti, if you've allowed a, a secondary dwelling of up to 54 square metres. Yeah. Um, so as of right, if you've got a site above a certain size, you can do that. So that's where it is very much, it is a dwelling in itself. Well, yeah. mm. the beauty is that they had all these components of 
potential use for the house. The idea mm. for us was to make it flexible enough so all that could be contained. Um, so, so designing that house was more like how to cater for all of that, that mm. holiday mood, that living as a retire, retired couple, still um, keeping that writing activity, um, cater for maybe elderly mother, uh, young kids, all that in the mix. Extended family. Yeah. yeah, it really kind of speaks to that modern living of, you know, incorporating that multi-generational family's needs in a home. Definitely, mm. yeah. Which I really like, you yeah. know. I like that idea of having a place that isn't one fixed, you know, abode, so to speak. Yeah. Now, and they were very happy to keep it a single level as well. They weren't sort of driven to, to have a view of the sea or anything like that. That was very much, as I say, they're quite introverted people. In the, and they were, as I say, they were happy for the house to really connect with its site rather than trying to, as I say, go up a se- second level and, you know, have these sort of views to Kapiti Island and things, which you could have done. But, mm-hmm. yeah. And when we visit the site, you know, the first time, and we saw all these clusters of trees in the middle of it, which was mature native trees um, and knowing the nature of our clients and the need for a bit of introversion there um, as a natural move we wanted to keep these trees even being in the mid- of the centre of the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of the sure. lot. Yeah, so you describe that. It was a driveway, a long narrow section. That's right, with, with trees in the middle. With two clumps, it had two, two, cl- <laughs> two, clumps, two, two yeah. specific clumps of trees within it, which had, mm-hmm. were the one sort of topographical feature as well, and they, had, they were sitting on mounds. Um, and so we did, we had a survey done of those, and, and you know, we had them very exactly located and, and you know, used those to sort of help generate the plan. Um, yeah. But other than that, there weren't really any other sort of, you know, redeeming features. I mean, it had a nice nor- long northerly aspect. The, it was great about yeah, it. And the narrowness. The narrowness, yeah, yeah, of yeah. it was yeah. it. Yeah. Mm. And the length. So of, when yeah. I guess a lot, of pe- you know, a lot of people would sort of think, okay, let's just clear it. But I love that you use that as a kind of organising tool for the design. Yeah, that, I mean, that's something we're always trying to do in our projects. You know, if you come to our studio, it's full of physical models, with, you know, lots of physical models of, and obviously in the beginning we talk, talk about, you know, thinking about the site and we always think the best way to think about a site is to create a topographical physical model of it, you know, a cardboard yeah, model. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, part of a, a sustainable approach, we believe, is, you know, to reduce excavation and site works as much as you can and, and that means you're always looking at the topography and designing around it. And not only topography, but history of the site. Or, yeah. you know, so we, we dig into layering uh, uh, tangible or non-tangible uh, in order to to gather some material, some some um, some life to that site that we can reinject in our project, and so it's part of what we do anyway. Um, so for that particular site, these trees were there, preeminent. Uh, somebody had put a lot of effort to get there, <laughs> where they were. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there were a few sculpture on yeah. the on the yeah. site. Too. And there's that concept of of patrimoine. Which is a oh, French patrimoine, yeah, patrimoine, a French oh, yes. term, which kind of is a—it's not really a literal English translation of it, but it's sort of between heritage and culture, I guess. It sort of yeah, embodies nice. all those things, which patrimoine. for us is a really important thing of any site, and what makes our job exciting. And that every site has its own patrimoine, I guess. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, neat. How would you sort of, I guess? 
perhaps talk us through the plan from entry on the street? Mm. Yeah, so there's basically a spine that runs right down from the from through the the whole property, isn't there? But at the beginning, you sort of go through an atrium space between on the left the studio and the garage, and that sort of has a clear roof on it. And through that, you discover the first courtyard, which is that clump of trees, which in that courtyard is formed by the the space between the studio and the house. And mm-hmm. you and then there's a covered walkway which you walk along, and and that. That sort of sets up the whole spine. You can look right through sort of 30-odd metres of the house along there. And from there, you know, all the different spaces are developed, really. And commonly, with all, a lot of the time, you know, all our services are to the south and, and they kind of create that second layer of of, of sort of, the sp- of space, don't they? So that introversion thing was really creating a barrier from the street, which is the studio and the garage, and then a neuro entrance that, Mm. That butt into trees, actually, into vegetation, quite lush. And then you're kind of forced to go around and and then you find the front door. So it's yeah, basically right. taking taking you, you know, you have no other option than to follow that little path and, and, and get to that front door. And after that, it's, yeah, quite a clear development where every, every um, living area up into that, to that long... Um, circulation, uh, working as nooks, if you want. Huh? You've got living room and then kitchen and then little office tucked in and then the bathroom and then the laundry and then guest room and then the men, yeah. the, the and, men room. And that space is, yeah, it is an extension of those spaces. It's not just a corridor. It is part of the little office nook and the laundry does open onto that. So it is sort of, yeah, it's serving multiple purposes in that way as well. Yeah, I like that really. When the the that sort of idea of a corridor functioning beyond just taking you from one end of the space to the other, where it, you know, like you say, it becomes a sort of circulation zone in its own right for different tasks. There is a rhythm of um, natural light through it too. So you have um, that series of very regular window to the south um, for ventilation purpose, and then you've got the link to the different courtyards, so the little nook of the office is like a, a flow of light through. Um, so you've got a little north-south crossover in that corridor. So, I mean, we can't really call it a corridor for that matter. <laughs> it's a bad no. <laughs> so, so, yeah. A spine. A spine. A spine, <laughs> I like that, yes. <laughs> so all the joinery there from first windows and doors, really, it opens up the space. Yeah, so we did, we used a lot of big, bifold doors which you know always give you that sort of 100% opening and, and a great and in this situation we sort of had nice edges of courtyard where we could fold them back and have them sort of not in the way of things. And we um, could do that because despite being in Pakakariki on the Kabaddi coast where we're on um, quite high wind zone uh, our site was tucked in and our choice of having that barrier with the studio and garage prevent us from, from quite a lot of northerlies and yeah, the su- sure. yeah and the southerlies were also prevented because we turned the house so we would be totally protected to that so because we did that then we could afford to have all these doors that can open and and you can flow from the from the living areas to the decks and which which is not something you can easily do on the cabin in the area, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in Wellington, as Wellington architects, it's true. Bifold doors often you sliders are good in that way, and they won't blow around in the wind. But in this site, yeah, the bifolds were great. Yeah. And, and again, we combine that with 
with quite large areas, well not large areas, but lots of you know louvers for natural ventilation, um, and it's all you know an anodized finish, um, all the joinery. So, yeah, yeah I like that. That, that anodized finish really works nicely in that material palette with the, um, the aluminium you've used as well. That's right, yeah. Mill aluminium is all the, the roofing and the cladding at the south as well, which you don't see a lot. But, yeah, we really love that combination of mill finish aluminium and, and, and anodized joinery. And we have done a house in the past, which was 100. That was the whole cladding, wasn't it, you know? Um, but, yeah, that's mixed up with a bit of cedar in the Yeah, in well, the, combined with that cedar, that will... Um, obviously silver off quite a bit over time using that cedar uh, we we use it to the um, to the living areas in fact and the decks and the facade touching places where you leave so mm -hmm. so it's a bit softer that yeah and not so hard weathering as well it gets lots of sun and keeps it dry and and things yes. but but yeah we've used a lot of anodized joinery is always lovely then it sort of the frame disappears more into the yeah. landscape as you know there's a lot of dark joinery now and it's a very different feel isn't it when you've got dark charcoaly sort of aluminium which really frames yes. things a lot, a lot yeah more it's interesting yeah. actually i feel like it's an aesthetic that um feels more like a Wellington it's almost a Wellington aesthetic <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's a Bonifay Geeson aesthetic <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people using it to be honest I know but it just does seem like a lot more well maybe I'm just noticing from <laughs> you're you know, a connoisseur. doing a few you, you features a of yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I really like that um, that that characteristic it brings to the house and um, yeah it sort of speaks further to the sort of informal nature there It's part of that natural materials, isn't it, as well? It feels like a, you know, it's not a paint surface. It is actually, you know, like a raw metal almost as a finish, like the mill finish aluminium is. You know, yeah. The mill finish aluminium, you're not even powder coating it or anything, so you're taking away a process. I'm not quite and sure so the mill finish, process. yeah, the mill finish aluminium, you've got that as a, like a wider strip around the corners and things of the house. Uh, yeah, that effectively is is the, the flashings the flashing, and things. Yeah, think, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it is the roof, and it folds down on the southern facade, so the, mm -hmm. it's the cladding as well, and some on the south, south only, yeah. And sort of what else has informed the material palette, you know, taking us inside there? We've done a couple of houses which are quite radical, I guess, and not using any jib. Um, so in this house is 100% um, lined in, in pine plywood, and, and, and that runs through to all the furniture, which, you know, is all things we've designed as well so all the furniture is made of of pine plywood as well um so it is a sort of a mono material aesthetic i guess which we mm -hmm. really we like it keeps it simple it reduces waste um and the builders you know obviously every joint and every fixing is seen in that situation so yeah. it does bring a lot a, a level of craft i guess to it mm -hmm. and you know there's a really funny point in the in that house where there's this There's this one wing wall, and and, the, and there's the, the line of through the ceiling comes through on this wing wall, and the builders are they get so obsessed by making it all line up that they've sort of put two little pieces in there. <laughs> it's like wow, it's a 90 mil thing. You've got to put just a single bit there, but you know they they do. You know I think that level of craft is something the builders really embrace and they they enjoy doing. You know the rhythm of the nails and the you know the centering of them is everything is is seen. So yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and likewise in the concrete. I mean, it's a concrete floor in the house. And again, David, as a doctor, really saw um, having a heating from your feet as being something really great as you got older. 
Um, yeah, neat. And so, and he, you know, and he actually painted the whole of the inside, or clear coated in the case of the plate, the whole of the inside. And we just used a simple resine wax in the floor. And so the, the only finish on the floor was that he sanded it with a sanding block and then yeah. waxed it. And he did all of that himself. Oh, so wow. that was really nice. But so they talk- were quite involved in the process too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and with great um, intensity being a, um, yeah, to, to, to the detail so, so it's it's there's a roughness to it, but but I mean we yeah. definitely love that. Well, we always say to people that you know when you're especially you know lots of projects we do are really cost driven, and that often does come down to material selection. You know we never want to compromise on the the quality of the space, but you know you can simplify things and you know take cost away by. By yeah, material selection effectively. Yeah, yeah. thinking about that square meter <laughs> yeah. spec, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it gets harder and harder. It feels yeah. like. Yeah, but a great design can be uh, as great in one or the other material. That's right. And um, so that the the main house really is it's it's a sort of U shaped courtyard. And um, how how do you find that the sort of flow of its use um, responds to the day there? The, the kitchen, particularly in the living space, is on the, the western side of that courtyard. So again, all that morning sun coming deep into the living rooms and the kitchen is a really key start of that, I guess. It's, we're always, you know, morning sun in your living areas is, is always, you know, heats up the house and, and um, Actually, early in the day. Actually, we did use it, William. We did a photo shoot there. And uh, oh, yeah. I, was <laughs> the one, I was the one moving from space <laughs> to space, depending on the light. And yeah. the little breakfast spot on that deck that you're describing is yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah. And then the evening spot is more like out of the living area of the living room. Yeah. You've got that western sun bathing um, that facade and it's it's really nice yeah but again that back courtyard it is that that part of the time time of the day becomes a, a shaded area which can be nice and you know in summer, time, summer, in summer yeah, yeah. And, and on the west you know there's no west uh, sorry no there's no eastern overhangs on the roof so you know we're really encouraging all that morning sun to come in as opposed to the northern and the western aspects where there's mm-hmm. overhangs to protect from that that sun later in the day um, yeah, I really enjoy that um, detailing around the bunk room. Yes, so with your, the roof lines and yeah, things. Yeah, and, and so that was we we designed bunk room. Um, um, there were no kids, right? When we first designed that, there were no grandkids, and now there is two, <laughs> you oh. know, so, or three even, and and. Um, but yeah, and it is know. protected from that the slatted timber sort of overhang and. You know, we're always trying to make our forms read as very almost a simplicity to them, and yes. you know, by sort of boxing off that that in that way, it also sort of brings the shading level right down to just above the door height, so it increases the shading. But there's light, you know, there is a light play of light that goes on with that as well. Um, mm. So it is a, a recurring detail that we've used in quite a few projects. And the other thing that I thought was really effective, um, the way that you've used louvers throughout too. With that kind of blurring the lines between what is a wall and what is not. <laughs> it is, it's also very necessary to use uh, louvers for... Uh, basically, we, we increase that input of natural um, sun, or of natural light and, and sun aspect. Uh, our problem is more overeating than, than anything else. So with louvers, you can actually venti- ventilate very efficiently Yes. spaces um, by a flow uh, from bottom to top and so we like to use louvers for that matter that 
it ventilates extremely well. Yeah, it is. And we don't get, you know, in, in our climate, you know, it's, we don't get big frost and it's not really cold, you know, so sure. it's quite a temperate climate. It doesn't get sh- yeah. super hot either. We, but We did build in uh, down south. We didn't use louvers. Yeah, matter, right. It only know, works. Because, because yeah. that would be a bit too much. But, yeah, North Island is definitely... That's definitely a good option, yeah. Yeah, and we always have a bit of breeze, usually, around yeah. Wellington. So, but yeah, there's something we really we really love that aspect as well, as you say, of when you open them, it is like your the wall disappears and then you have that complete control of, of airflow through different sections even. So it's, yeah, there's something, something you know, really enjoyable that, about that sort of just practical side of them. And... Um that those sort of sustainable considerations are really sort of quite key to your practice, aren't they? To, to create a, a building today that is beautiful, well, it's actually not really enough, you know. There's a, there is an inherent beauty in being sustainable, I believe. Yes. Anyway, you know, it's like I look at some projects and I'm like, well, well, that's a beautiful marble bench top, but... Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, what does where, that mean? What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> yeah. At what cost? Yeah. yeah. What, at what yeah, environmental cost, yeah, as, mm. as much as anything. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to force a client not to have a, a marble bench top if they want one. That's obviously, ultimately, but we're going to, you know, we're going to gently lead them and, and show them the other options that we could do that we think environmentally are, are more responsible, I guess. Yeah, and sort of on completion of both stages of this project, what what are you most pleased with about it? Well, it's really nice to see the whole street facade finally finished from my point of view because we we both live in Pike Creek, yeah. as you know. So we used to drive past it every now and then. Oh, it's not quite finished. So I really, you know, the street facade of a, of any project is always. I guess it's what we get to see <laughs> more often yeah, too. That's the tick. But um, but yeah, I really li- like that that particular facade, and I do really like the atrium space at the beginning where you've got this sense of the full volume and and the and the, 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 mm. the flaxes and the bushes. And, and it's 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 always fantastic after a few years when when you've got the chance to see that having the vegetation taking over mm, and just seeing that it. that's right and and mm. seeing finally you know that you did all the right thing because it's well, <laughs> because and, and, it's still looking good after it's a few always years, an experiment you know? yeah. yeah yeah and how people inhabit the house is always to me one of the most exciting things you know oh we liked i mean i liked really much the fact that they they quite didn't make their mind and then they change, you know, the way they could live in there and then they changed again and, and then they, this grandchild arrived and uh, grandchildren arrived and, and then and then the house got a life evolved. to its... It evolved, yeah? Mm. And, and, yeah. And it gives that possibility for them to do and that's, 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 that's a great pleasure. Yeah, well, it's really neat. Much like the plan, it really just yeah, evolved as they lived in the space. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Outside In. For more on The Weary House by Bonifay Geeson Architects, visit firstwindows.co.nz.